Double Feature presents Pick 6. The guys make a top 5 list and add one more. Road trips, war movies, more death scenes, and you know it, beer. Tell us your picks, guys. <laughs> I'll tell her, I'll tell you that I'm deaf. <laughs> that music comes in hot, but it fades nicely. Hey, he's Travis. He's Nathan, and we're here to do pick sixes. Today's pick six is a little. We struggled. This one. This was. We struggled with what we were going to call it because initially, I think I sent you a text or we talked about it. I saying, "Hey, why don't we do one where I said, <clears throat> you know, movies that people would be surprised you like." That's wordy and and that was was ambiguous. Word, is, yeah, and the fact that that was nice. Thanks. Um, I kind of viewed it as a guilty pleasure. I to an extent, sure, but it's kind of hard because, and I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If I, I like a movie, I like a movie, right? But these I were, like and I don't know if we still want to label it as a guilty pleasure or not because it's not really necessarily that. But these were move; <clears throat> these would be movies that if I were to mention, going, "Oh, I really like blank," you go, "Really? You like Blank Man? I know it's great. Isn't that a Damon Wayans movie? It is. All right, it's also a terrible movie. So yeah, That's for you, these are movies that. You might be able to consider guilty pleasures, or right. you would just be surprised to find out that maybe be surprised to find out that we like these movies. There's a couple on here that I kind of ha- I had to rack my brains because I had two or three like in the chamber immediately. I'm like I loaded those three, yeah, and then it was like I gotta f- I gotta load three more. Hold I'll on, be, I'll be honest. I I I took a Shyamalan twist from three down to one. I couldn't think of any. I I, I just am so frequently vocal about what I like, right. In Are most they all of the time, Chuck Norris movies. No, okay. but I it was hard for me to nail down three extra movies, a, a, a total of six. So I I couldn't do it. So the last three movies, my three, two, and one, uh, are some of my favorite movies because I just <laughs> I, I flipped the script. I went Shyamalan. Okay. Shit twist. Um. Yeah. So the first three are movies you might be surprised to find out I like. We'll quit talking about it. Nathan, you won the coin toss. What is your number six? My number six is Clueless. <laughs> No, I love Clueless. Yeah, but yeah. you got to think about it. I mean, I remember watching this several times when it first hit, I think, cable. The, I made my mom take me to see it in the theater because I was in love, love with, with Alicia Silverstone. Oh, I still am. It's it. Mm. She, look, that movie, she was at her peak hotness. She wore those really tiny, short uh, miniskirts all throughout. They're all plaid, like she's in a private school, even though she's clearly going to a public school yeah, when you yeah. watch that movie. The way I described it is the movie is smarter than it makes you think it to be absolutely yeah it's not a dumb teen comedy it is not a dumb teen penelope spheris is a good director but when you see it for the first when you think your first impressions are this is just a stupid like either chick flick or possibly romantic chick flick sure and it's got a really young paul rudd in it too yeah but well you didn't want to make a night of it with the ring-a-ding kid yeah (laughs) you know and i think what was really startling to me when i went and i i watched a few clips to reconnect because it had been a while since i watched like how, how surprisingly like how much they 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 got high school at, yeah. the, at the time that yeah. I went. Except I didn't live in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Correct. You lived in you lived in Whittier. You know, I lived in Whittier. It's it was it's one of those ones where it's like you'd be it would initially be surprising to go. So what movie do you like? Well, I don't sit here and go. Well, I still have it and I watch it, but no. But I really liked it many the several times that I caught it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brecken Meyer. He's a uh, young Brecken Meyer's in there too. That's a good pick. Um, sort of in that tone, uh, my number six is Breakfast at Tiffany's. I, you know, I don't know if I've seen that from beginning to end. A couple of times. Uh, it's not one, it's like you said, it's not one that I, oh, you know what? It's been a rough week. I can't think of anything to watch. I'm going to pop in Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's just a nice, 
it's beautifully shot. That's um, who's the guy that did all the Pink Panther movies? Um, yeah, him. Yeah, insert name here. You, yeah, he did all of those. He did Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, damn it, Blake Edwards. Thank you. Uh, it just it just it has that sort of saturated look to it that the movies in the 60s did, especially Blake Edwards movies. And super racist Mickey Rooney. It's very as, racist Mickey Rooney as the, as oops, the token uh, Chinese guy. Chinese, Asian. Preferred nomenclature is yeah. Asian American. It's a nice little love story and then you know you find out that she's not this glamorous, spoilers, it's only a 55-year-old movie. Uh, you know, she, you find out that it's, it's, it's Hannibal's in that, right? Uh yeah yeah not Hannibal Lecter but Hannibal Smith from the A Team George Papard George and that's what's odd to me too it's like he's not I didn't really see him as a romantic leading man uh still don't well no he's dead but you know she 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 has a nice character turn in it and she's very statuesque and you find out she's just sort of a frightened kid and yeah the love story is great and Moon River is a great song it is a good song and uh, that's a good title of a song too. Moon River? No. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's is oh. Deep Blue something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I stumbled onto it one time on cable accidentally. And I was like, just, just too lazy to turn the channel or whatever. And I just fell in love with it. <clears throat> I was listening, it's a great movie. It was a podcast that I was listening to not too long ago. And they reviewed this and Sabrina. And one of the guys in the conversation they have, he kind of rickrolls them, but does the lyrics to Deep Blue somethings. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, it was... I didn't catch it at first. I'm like, no, that sounds... Familiar. Oh, he's doing... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's breakfast at Tiffany's, and that's my number six. What's your number five? This is one that I I almost don't want to mention more than any other one. Have you ever seen Love Potion number nine with Sandra Bullock? Part of it, one time. <laughs> I No, you know what? I, I have seen it. I take that back. I only remember I, part of it. I, I rented up... it, and it was really <laughs> dumb. dumb. <laughs> I remember catching it on cable several times, and I don't know what it was, but it was it was before uh, Sandra Bullock had hit. Peak. Oh yeah, it was like, like ninety two. Yeah, it was before it was before uh, Speed, and so it, I don't know. I, I I I don't know if I watched the whole thing from beginning in. If I could go, man, that was really good. No, not really. Who's the guy, Peter uh, um, Tate Donovan? Okay, no. you thinking about the lead the uh, the lead. Actor? Yeah, he's the guy. He looks kind of like... He's a, the other scientist? Yeah. Tate Donovan. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of Peter Gallagher for some reason. Yeah. Um, they were in something together. They were. Uh, they both play scientists, you know, who struggle in their in their daily lives with the opposite sex and develop a potion that generates a primal attraction on whoever, <clears throat> on whoever they speak to. It kind of plays on the... Because you know, it opens with, like, Donovan's character in a... Uh, like a fortune teller, gypsy. Oh scene. yeah, yeah. And he gets love potion number eight, which causes that primal attraction. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I think what's really funny about the movie is how much they really tried to make Sandra Bullock look like nerdy and homely. Mm, yeah, they, like, do they that, give her they, like she, buck teeth. That they do that all the time with her. It. I don't like Sandra Bullock. I don't dislike Sandra Bullock, but it's just funny how much they had to make her look bad. And you know yeah. that it, it comes off as completely ridiculous. For some reason, I just found the movie kind of charming and, and quite humorous back in the mid nineties. It's I would call this one a guilty pleasure for me. Sure, I don't like I said I don't know if I would want to sit and watch it again, but 
that that's that's my number five. My number five probably is not going to be a surprise to anyone. It's uh, you might not know the movie, but it's uh, Woody Allen's Shadows and Fog. Familiar with that one? No, actually, I'm not. I um, don't even the title does. The only reason I, I picked it was because and he's done a ton of films. Oh my so god, he's do, he does a movie every year. Yeah, so uh, it's not surprising that I'm not familiar with that one. What era is it? Decade wise, uh, it was it made in '92. Oh. Uh, Madonna's in it. Uh, Kathy Bates is oh, in it. Your first I believe it was the last movie that he and Mia Farrow did. Um, it takes place. It's black and white. It takes place in a. Takes place in like the early. 1900s or okay. maybe the late 1800s, but it takes place in a carnival. Okay. Um, and there's a strangler going around. You only see the strangler through his perspective, through like you. His, like POV. Yeah. Okay. You see his hands as he, as he kills people. So it's kind of like, who's the killer? Um, and it ends up, it, it turns is into it, classic Woody Allen. Haha. <clears throat> he's okay, it's not so as it's comedic because he didn't, he didn't shift to more subtly, drama. Subtly comedic. Okay, but he shifted to more drama by the end of the '90s and the 2000s. He much, he started transforming straight his narrative to just drama. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done with the funny. There's some funny stuff in it, but it's it's far, it's dark. Okay, uh, again, it's black and white, and takes place in a carnival, and this guy's killing all these people, and it, it, they end up suspecting Woody Allen, and it turns into a chase, cat and mouse kind of thing. Um, okay. The only reason I picked it was because I didn't think anyone would have heard of it. What's it called again? Shadows and Fog. You can borrow it okay. if you want. I have it. Um, but I thought people might be surprised that I like Woody Allen. But again, I don't think they would be because I'm pretty vocal about that. I love Woody Allen. The filmmaker. Not, <laughs> not the, the pedophile. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, another one he did, just honorable mention, is Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Similar similar okay. type thing. Um, so Shadows and Fog, my number five. Your number four is West Side Story. Okay. I'm not a huge musical fan. No. I, I'm really not. There are very few other than like like the Disney cartoons that I, are the animated films that I you know grew up watching. There's, right, right. There's very few where I just – I find it difficult to relate to the character because they, they break out into song to express yeah, – I hate either. musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Except Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And Singing in the Rain. Okay. Anything else? Probably one more in there, but... Oh, uh, You'd have to dig it out. Phantom of the it. Paradise, but again, it's not a not a musical per se. It's like a rock opera. A rock No, I, I love it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I... I don't know if my parents shared the soundtrack and the songs before the movie, but for some reason, I love all the songs. I know them. I don't want to say I love... I know them by heart. Right. But they're they're burned in my memory and so it's the film opens with these beautiful aerial shots of like early 60s late 50s like new york city Mm -hmm. before it lands on a hollywood set and it's just it's so awe-inspiring sure and it's i've never been a huge william shakespeare fan i'm indifferent to william shakespeare there's some stuff where it's like it's really good i really enjoy it but I just I I'm, I'm indifferent to Romeo and Juliet, but I love the the American bastardized version of it when it's West Side Story for some reason. West Side Story, not West Twin Side Peaks, Story, is your number four. Yes. My number four uh, is Paper Moon. Okay, uh, Bogdanovich. Right, you've told me several times that I need to see this. Yo, you've not so, seen it? No, still damn, not. Yet. My Blu-ray copy of it is Region Four. It's the British one. I didn't pay attention when it's I bought it. It's the so. Region version you can't play. Yeah, McKay's 
saw through my little ruse and they won't buy it either so i'm stuck with it <laughs> they he brought in everything they're like we have a few that we won't take you want to see him yeah shit damn it <laughs> um but it's got sort of it could almost be a road trip movie um it's got sort of an oh brother where art thou feel to it as okay. well they're only because it's it takes place around the same time uh, depression era there's not a lot of bogdanovich films that i'm particularly that fond of fond of Man, not, not, i mean so i'll put you this way i have to get past that you do because you're missing out on a couple of really good movies yeah i don't she, think i've ever seen the last picture show either from beginning to end. i've got too. that you can borrow it if you want um, but yeah, it sort of has that "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou" feel because it takes place uh, in the South, sort of, the, definitely the South, kind of the Dust Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of gets into the book gets into Alabama a little bit. But this girl and her dad—well, you don't know if it's her dad. That's sort of they, they leave it ambiguous. You're you're meant to think is she traveling with her dad? He's a he's a Bible salesman with the fake gold tooth. He's okay. a little little huckster, a little shyster. Um, Picks up a uh, prostitute, marries her, uh, played by um, Madeline Kahn. Um, has a fight with Randy Quaid. It's just sort of their 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 travels. Trying to, he's taking her to live with someone else. Okay, and um, and it's kind of they develop this relationship, like a platonic father and uh, father and daughter relationship. And she, I think she won the Oscar. She did. She yeah. won. She at the age of eleven, she won an Oscar for that. And she's. My life has been a living hell ever since. Um, <laughs> she plays her part very well, very, yeah. like beyond her years. Great movie. Okay. My, my number four, Paper Moon. Starring, right. starring Tatum and Ryan O'Neal. There you go. You are number three, sir. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm here. If what you is want to impress me. Housekeeping is singing. Got to be too flirty, mama. I don't how to yeah. me. Listen, Edward, I know a lot of nice girls. No, you don't. I just want your extra time and your kiss. Besides, I already have one. If you want to impress me. You just concentrate on finding out what Morris is up to. I'm on my way. I don't have to undress me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. I want to be your fantasy. Well, maybe you could be mine. Mm-hmm. You just leave it all up to me. <laughs> Don't you just love Prince? More than life itself. Don't you knock? Vivian, I have a business proposition for you. What do you want? I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. Really? Yes. Yes, I'd like to hire you as an employee. Would you consider spending the week with me? I will pay you to be at my beck and call. Look, I'd love to be your beck and call girl, but um, you're a rich, good-looking guy. You could get a million girls free. I want a professional. I don't need any romantic hassles this week. If you're talking 24 hours a day, it's going to cost you. Oh, yes, of course. All right, here we go. Give me a ballpark figure. How much? Six full nights, days to 4,000. Six nights at 300 is 1,800. You want days too? 2,000. 3,000. Done. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm not surprised you like that movie. I'm offended you like that movie. <laughs> 
God, that's the dumbest movie ever. Other than that, no judgment. <laughs> I don't like you. Anymore. No, no offense. No, I'm taken. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty woman, right? Yes, that's yeah. pretty woman. Right before George Costanza tries to rape her. Yeah, well, that was a little bit longer, farther into the movie first. Um, I'm not a huge fan of most rom-coms, but this one, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's it's really just a, a horrible knockoff Cinderella fairy tale story, but... I don't know what it is about Julie Roberts in that movie, but she's so damn charming. Uh, once she like stops being a disease-ridden prostitute. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> once Richard Gere's character shows up in that Lotus, and she's like, "I show you how to drive a stick," basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus, did you leave your? I think you met, left your transmission back there because he has no idea really how to drive a manual transmission oh, okay. i'm i'm sold because she she talks about her life she grew up around cars she understands how they work and so she's not someone who doesn't understand other things other than hooking you know right i i don't know I, it's what what bo- it doesn't bother me but, but what, so, yeah. what what's so curious to me about that movie is costanza is such a colossal prick no no it's not. how so many women find it why they uh, enjoy it and find it empowering. I, it's I don't, not, and yeah, it's kind maybe, of, I, I it's know. ironic that women would find that movie specifically yeah. empowering as an empowering movie for women. Or maybe it's because she just, she owns, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a woman, but, uh, you're not, no, no. I, All right. You know, so pretty woman was your number one. Uh, that's my number three. So my number three is a strong, this is where I go into movies. I just couldn't think of movies that I, I could, so the movies, the next three are the movies you love that these we are, may surprise going, really? No, these... these Possibly, no. No, okay. the next three movies are movies that I love, and you shouldn't be surprised that I like them. Okay. My number three is a is Alien 3. Women should be empowered by Ellen Ripley, but most women don't dig on sci-fi. But. Yes, that's true. That's a good um, one. That's a good pull. It's it's just a... It changes the, the, the tone, not to bring David Fincher back up. Right. I, he gets so much shit for this movie. I love Alien 3. Yeah. It's It's... Maybe it's because it's such an anomaly, like a like a, a weird sort of quote unquote failure, but it's 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 a brooding, dark, sweaty mystery almost. It's almost yeah, it it's is almost, kind of a mystery. Um, I mean, we know what's going on, but they don't. They don't. And there's so many different cuts of it. Um, it's really. It was really. I think it was a really good ending to the series. Until it's a they, fitting. It's a martyrdom it's a end, end for. Until they chose to resurrect it. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> no, explain it to me. Okay, I won't. No. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. it's it's a it's a. Could they have done it differently and made it different? Well, yeah. <laughs> could they have done it differently and made a quote unquote better movie or a movie I would have liked equally? Probably. But it's what else can you do? You can't you can't go big again. You can't you can't go like aliens, right? And you've already kind of done it with Alien. <laughs> And the only way to go big is to go Tom Hanks or go home. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to write that down. Tom Hanks isn't a woman, so go Tom Hanks or go home. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with it, but <laughs> like we don't title these. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's your what? That's your number three. Alien so. Three is my number three. Your uh, number two. My number two. Uh, we discussed it uh, previously when we were talking about time travel movies. I picked. Uh, somewhere in time mm. with Christopher even Jane um, Seymour and Jane Seymour Superman dies I'm not exactly sure the first time I saw this movie uh, I was probably young enough to know that the only movie that I really knew Christopher Reeve from was Superman and Superman this. movies 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know him from anything else. And that's still, I'll be honest with you, that's still pretty much the case is what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't normally fall for the sappy, drama-filled, romantic films either, but there's just something so creatively different about that movie, about the time travel is all in your mind. And so for him to have to remove everything that reminds him of the current present day mm-hmm. in order to be able to focus so hard on pushing himself astral, mind, astral projection and he him. astral projects himself back to 1908 or whatever year it is or 1890 what is it again he falls in love with a picture of her what happens is, is he's a playwright okay okay and the film opens with like his the his the end of his film and there's a, a very uh elderly woman who comes up and she says come back to me and he's kind of thrown off and he goes somewhere he decides to go write his next play at a hotel somewhere around chicago okay or outside of chicago or whatever and he sees a photograph of her and discovers that's who that's who she was oh, with, in her okay okay Back when she was Jane Seymour hot. <laughs> and and so he ends up either hearing about or reading about like the possibilities of time travel. And so he first tries to time travel by removing everything from the room and just focusing so hard on the year is 1892 or 1907 right. or whatever year it was. And he realizes before he's thinking and concentrating on it that he's listening to a cassette tape mm. <laughs> replaying you know, his thoughts and realizes that he needs to focus on all of that. And it's just spoiler alert, when he when he finally wins her and everything's happy and he, he's come back to her and he digs his hands into his pockets and finds a penny from like 1978 or whatever. Oh, that's right. And it pulls him right back into the present and he dies of a broken heart. Yeah. I remember that. And it's so that's, sad. That's a downer ending. And man. it is super downer ending. And my and my wife's like, I can't believe you like a movie like this. I don't even like it. And I'm like, really? Oh, it's so sad, but it's so oh, it's just it, it gets me. Yeah. Right, it gets me right in the feels. Right in the feels. <laughs> so that's your number That's my number two. Your number two is called Somewhere in Time. Somewhere in Time, nineteen eighty. My number two. Which again, sorry for all the confusion in this episode, y'all. This is a movie I love. This could almost just be called like a like a love hate, a stew, no. a potpourri. Um, it's Silence of the Lambs. It's an amazing book. Um, it is. Uh, and it's which, amazing film, and it's an amazing film. Hannibal Lecter is ulti- is the ultimate antihero. You like you said, it you love to hate him or hate. I don't even. Hate, I don't whatever. have yeah. hate. Doesn't enter into it. But I think you said it on your villains episode that. You find yourself rooting for him, and you, yeah, you, you don't know why. Be. You, you shouldn't, shouldn't be. And you, the book this doesn't. This dude's eating. <laughs> yeah, eating people. <laughs> <laughs> He's not painted that way as such in the book. He's a little, a little less likable in the book. Yeah. Um, and Clarice is the ultimate. <laughs> Clarice is the ultimate underdog. The rube. Uh, the rube. Yeah. Not to. We discussed with insults too, man. Oh. The way he cuts her down, yeah, and she, but she and stands there and takes oh, it. Oh, and she takes it, and yeah. she she tries her best and does a really good job of not showing another. It's another female yeah. lead that should empower women, and I think probably does. Yeah, it, it's also a thirty-year-old movie, but um, um, and you know, penis tucking. Come on, not to uh, <laughs> not to dwell on it for too long, but yeah, Silence of the Lambs yeah, is my number that's two. A, that's a good movie, regardless of. 
So yeah, you totally went off books for. I did. For, I couldn't think of. That's okay. So what's your number one? My number one is the Bridges of Madison County. Oh. Again, no, I, I'm not, I've not seen it. No, it's okay. I can see why you would make that face and make that sound and give that reaction. <laughs> Look, I'm not. I'm not an advocate for extramarital affairs, except for this film, for some reason. Uh, not because the film justifies it, but for some reason, I just I believe the immediate chemistry between the two characters. Sure. And so, you know, I never read the book, probably never will, but Clint Eastwood's tender yet, yet masterful direction on conveying that connection between those two characters, it just, it hits me right in the gut. I mean, you know, another sappy romantic film with a downer for an ending, you know, but my heart just goes out to Francesca when she so desperately wants to leave her family and run away with Robert, but but can't or or chooses not to. right right and so i mean the film starts with the kids her mom's already died and they found all of these like they found a letter or they found a they found letters or like a something that was written to this is what i want done once i've passed mm. and i want you guys to know about it and it's kind of interesting because the kids also have to who are all adults they have to come to the the realization sure. that mom spent her entire life faithful to dad except for these four days and they find out that mom's had an affair and they first kind of get pissed but she i guess it's it's told like in letter form mm -hmm. of things between the two that they had that connection that they had and he still wrote her but i don't think she wrote back and she wants to be her she wants her ashes uh what is it Scattered? Scattered. That's the proper word. Thank you. Or more appropriate. She wants her ashes scattered over one of the, one of the bridges. And sure. this is why. Like, I gave my entire life. Can you just give this to that memory that I had of the mm. four days with? Well, it's a nice, it's a nice old sentiment. Ass Clint Eastwood. Old-ass <laughs> Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a nice sentiment. And as far as romantic movies go, I, I can I can see that I, again. I've not seen. I, it. I mean, the funny thing is, the, it's like I put down here is like the funniest thing about these two these last two picks is how much Lisa can't stand either one of those two movies. <laughs> or I don't know whether or not it's a subject matter, if it's too long or too boring, or she just didn't care for the actors who were in the film or portrayed the, portrayed the characters. But she normally laughs and rolls her eyes whenever I mention either of these two films, <laughs> and I find it funny now. Before it almost kind of got pissed, like how could you not like it? And then I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, Can't you tell I'm a sensitive man? <laughs> Bridges of Madison County is your number one. Yes, in this odd mutated Popery episode. Of... Yeah, um, my number one is Batman '67. No one. <laughs> you is know, a... I don't think I've ever sat down and watched that entire. Oh my god! Movie. I've I've watched oh, many man. an episode when I was a kid of that TV show, but I don't think I ever. Is it sixty? Seven or sixty six? Uh, sixty six. Either way, the, the show came was, out and the it, movie was after the show ran. Correct. The, sh the movie was after the first season of the show. Oh, they, they, that I didn't even know. They filmed, they filmed and edited and and broadcast the shows. Is that when he runs with the bomb of the weekly, time? yeah. Like that. And then they went on their hiatus for the off season and immediately went into production on this movie, and it came out. In, I think it came out in sixty seven. Okay. Um, Either way, it's the Adam West. Bert, uh, what's his name? Bert Ward. Bert Ward, Robin. I don't care what anybody says. You can, other than Michael Keaton, he gets a pass. You can keep your dark, brooding uh, Batman. This is the hero I need. Fight me, <laughs> pal. You know, it, it's 
Like it's, it's, it's so a, perfect for its time. Absolutely. It's just, it's, and it was it didn't it knew it, as a kid I thought it was serious as shit. Yeah. But it it was satirical. It was amazing that the time frame of that when that TV show came out anyways is the fact that I think they aired like it aired on like Tuesday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday or something like that. I remember my yeah. dad watching the show in college. He telling me he used to go and everyone would get in like the common room and watch Batman because it was it was the cool thing. Oh, okay. To watch. And the fact that the shows were 30-minute episodes, but they always had that cliffhanger, cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then would tell the rest of the story one or two nights later when it aired on ABC or whatever. And yeah. I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it just... It's so tongue-in-cheek, silly, yeah. stupid. It's it's psychedelic, you know. There's so many different interpretations of Batman, and it's just one of them. And a lot of the kids that are, are our age or a little older grew up on the syndicated reruns of because yeah it, of, it, it, of late it, '60s Batman. It got its resurgence in '89 when Tim Burton's Batman right. came out, and that's how I was introduced to it. I didn't even know it was a movie. I saw it at. Uh, it was on, you know, on the on the TV every day, and then I was staying over at a friend's, and I saw the VHS of the movie on the. We were renting a movie to watch, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I rented it, and uh, I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't know this existed. This is way cool." And then they, the little UHF station back home, played it, and I taped it off of television, and that was the copy I had till I got my DVD copy. So yeah, Batman sixty seven is my. I think yours. All but Silence of the Lambs fit perfectly in to the list. Okay. It, but it's great regardless. It's just kind of funny. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I just couldn't, you know. No, like, it's okay. Because I don't like anything that I think would that people would be surprised by. I mean. No, it's just funny. I'm, it's I'm, I'm still struggling. It's a, good, it's a good list. It is a good list. You got a good five in there. Your six is a little weird, or your number five, or number two is a little weird. Number two is a little weird. For how it fits in, but you know what? We'll cram it in there anyway. So, that's our potpourri stew list. <laughs> this might be a fun one to like, re- it might be, potpourri stew might be a fun one. To revisit to, later. Just to pick yeah. six movies that you just want to talk about for whatever yeah. reason in no no particular order. Mm-hmm. That's, um, a good, that's a good idea. So, we'll, we'll be back next week, kids, with a, a far less confusing episode. Um... Or maybe not, because yeah. we'll be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. We'll be getting drunk. So right. you guys have a good week. Be safe. Yep. Have a good one. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. In Southeast Asia, we call this type of thing... Bad karma.